What are you laughing at? It's Blair and Barker on Sportsnet 360. Wherever you get your favorite podcast. We're back on... This thing is always loser. We're back on Sportsnet 590, the fan for more from 10 to noon Eastern. We're doing Blue Jays talk, too. We had good Blue Jays talk last night. Lots of stuff to talk about. A couple of people fried up. Dude from Winnipeg on. It was great. Love it. Keep them coming. We got a lot of... uh, Got a lot of folks from across the country. A lot of Blue Jays fans, which I really like. Um, they like this team. They want they want them to do well. Yeah, they do. And when they don't, it's I mean, let's panic face, mode. Let's face it; it's the only Toronto team that people like. Um, well, when it makes well, you like it, when it makes it like, the and if they start losing that. and they and they finish in fourth place, <laughs> they're not going to be so likable, Jeff. Just saying that's that's the reality of life. They're a good team. They'll not, figure it out. They're not going to be a fourth place. Team. I never said they were. I just said if they if they do. They're not I never said that. Place team. Come on, Red Sox are the Red Sox are a stinking mess, man. Huh. Well, so is the Jays' offense. Better than last night, though. Uh we are going to do. Are we going to give away tickets right now? Because we've got Mike Blowers coming out. Yeah, let's give away. Uh, do we have the trivia question here? Let me just make it up. <laughs> momentary momentary i i that's my bad i screwed up mark boffo our producer because i was going to do the trivia question later you know what why don't lance why don't we do the the other thing the fun thing it's time for back barker's leg. back leg bits i, I don't know who he was playing to barker's like get up get out of here and the guy's right at the fence like i got this one you know the umpires would throw the balls out like hey barker's up bring in the six balls we need the dead ones bring in the dead ones hey bark why don't you just not worry about it <laughs> you miss gibby tell me the truth i do tell me the truth i do miss be gibby. serious i do miss don't gibby. lie i'm not lying i said i do miss gibby but i just i'm sitting here thinking to myself i gotta make the routine play I, I got to make I the routine Gibby. play. Then. He yelled at me behind the cage, and he put me in right field in Yankee Stadium. But he introduced you to Hazel. Seriously, like, like really? That's 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 your that's your comeback. That's amazing. Are you really mad at me? Like you're giving me that look. What's that look? That that look that you. I don't know who you're talking about. Let's move on. Okay, I'll <laughs> matter to you. Jeez. Well, I thought so. I thought that was the story. First of all. Now, okay, we'll move on. What is it? We'll move on. Uh, we're going to do Barker's Back Leg Bits. It's the time of the show where you get to ask Kevin anything except that. And uh, we let Kevin we let Kevin answer questions. You can DM me. Get your question in my... I'm sorry, my Twitter handle is SN Jeff Blair. Yeah, your, Phrase- your leadership skills right now is... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I should really motivational speak. Oh, yeah. Get you a van, drive around Toronto really and Canada. Speak. How do you think that'd go? I think it'd go real well. I think I'd, I'd have to make sure I was medicated, but I think it would go well. Uh, Fraser Brocklehurst. Hi, Jeff. Hi, Fraser. Got a question for Kevin. I, and actually, Fraser, I'm going to tell you that other folks have asked this question, too. So I want it, it, it's good that we got Barker on because he's mentioned. I don't understand how Vladdy feels rushed batting second. Unless the opposing pitcher is facing the minimum, there'll be points in the game where he'll lead off an inning or start on deck no matter where he hits in the order. So if he can manage it, then why can't he in the first inning. Okay, well, look, I t- expand on I'll, that. I'll do respect to Frazier and myself because I don't get it either. I used to try and hit. It's hard enough to to see ball, hit ball, and do all the things you're trying to do to lay off a, 
a breaking ball and, and get, get a good pitch to hit. If you've noticed, he was okay with it on the road. He's not okay with it at home. That will tell you that it's basically one at bat. It's the first one. So if I'm at home and I'm standing at first base and I'm hitting second and I got all this stuff to put on and I got to run in off the field as hard as I can run, that turns me into something other than Blatty. And I really do think that's all it comes down to is Blatty has his little moments where, hey, how you doing? He waves and he thinks about what he's doing and, you know, where's my bat? He knows where that's at. He knows where his helmet's at. He knows where his elbow guard and his shin guard and, you know, everything that he has to put on to get ready to hit. And he feels rushed going to the on-deck circle. And that gives him something else to think about. Do I think it's silly? Absolutely, I think it's silly. But he doesn't. And that all that, that's all that matters. So we can say this and ask these questions. And it's questions I've asked. But I, I really do think you wonder why they, they were okay mixing up the lineup and putting him in the two-hole on the road. Because his first at bat is where? He starts on the bench. He walks from the bench to the on-deck circle. He's not running from his position to the bench, to the bench, to the on-deck circle. So it is what it is. Let's get used to it. And all I care about is Vladdy going three for four with a couple of homers and driving in a bunch of runs and watching the Blue Jays win and everybody putting on that jacket and having a good time. So we don't have to answer questions like this. How yeah, was that? Uh, no, that that's... I mean that's that pretty much that pretty much sums it up. I just think that um you mentioned something yesterday and I didn't check it out, but you know, maybe it's not just Vladdy that kind of likes the lineup the way it is. Maybe Bo does kind of like the lineup the way it is. Three amigos kind of thing. It's you know, who who's he always sitting beside? On the bench, you look Teoscar at me. Teoscar kind of likes the. Yeah, I, I, I mean, Teoscar wants to be the cleanup hitter. He wants to be the protection for Vladdy. Yeah, I think the thing is, maybe we've, mm-hmm. maybe we kind of forgot that there's more than one person involved in this whole, whole thing here. Let's let's not forget the most important guy is the guy hitting third or second or wherever Vladdy wants to hit. Yeah, you can tell when Vladdy goes. Everything else sort of fills in the blanks where they're supposed to be filled in, and. I'm with you. I, I just was noticing that it's just odd when they how long they kept that lineup. It just seemed like it's more than one guy thinking that he would rather hit in certain spots. Yeah, that's again it's something that I hadn't really hadn't really processed. Well, that's why you have me. That that is true. Mm-hmm. That uh, that is indeed that is indeed why we have you. Uh, I knew there was a reason. Say it with confidence. I knew there was a reason. Took Where, you this long to figure it out. Where's the question here? Somebody said they should use the just Oh, come on. I can't believe I lost the I can't believe I lost the guy. Somebody said they should give they they should give there we go. William Beans. Maybe they should give someone the home run jacket just for having quality at bat. Yeah. I was gonna I'm gonna point that out. They've have you noticed the dugout's been a little more I've told you this, lately. and I'll continue to tell you this. These guys aren't defensive first players they're not running the bases first players they are offensive players and when their offense is not doing what they think it should do they're in bad moods and then you don't stay the teammate that everybody's in love with boy man these teammates oh i love them now it's just a little bit more tension in the room when when people aren't hitting and doing the things that they're doing in cages because you know you can tell it's just not translating. Why is it not translating? 
that that's the thing here is they're doing things off the field that it's frisky. Like you can see even when, uh, you know, on, on Blue Jays Central before the game and they show batting practice and Vladdy's just hammering baseballs and the sound and, ooh, look, and everybody's laughing and you can hear George in the background doing his thing. It's, well, you're hitting, you're, you're having more fun. Uh, a lot of people asked questions yesterday kind of spinning off, uh, and this goes back, I think, to something Dan Shulman talked about with us about adding a left-handed bat to this lineup and you know we asked the question where would you um you know where would you put put the guy well uh dustin on dusty drusty dusty his twitter handle talked about dustin in toronto also he, i mean he's on board with the idea of ben and andrew ben and but a couple of names I hadn't thought of. Travis Henry uh, chimes in and said, what about a guy like Ian Happ from the Cubs or Austin Meadows from the Tigers? Now, Austin Meadows is a guy that certainly knows his way around. Austin Meadows got a lot of swing and miss in his, in, his, in his approach and what he's trying to do at the plate. Uh, is he better than Zach Collins? Absolutely. Would he bring more than Tapia? Probably power-wise he will. The quality of his at-bats, look, he's a very streaky guy. He's sort of like Loris Gurriel Jr., left-handed. If that's what you're trying to fill in the blanks with, I'm with you. That, for me, don't move the needle. Yeah, I, I'm not – that's not changing how I uh, – you know, you can still get him out with a decently located fastball that's elevated. I, I, I For me, now, this is perfect scenario <laughs> here where we're – we're shooting for the moon. We're wanting better than we have already when it comes to what kind of hitter that you have. And if you're just looking for a guy that stands up there left-handed, I guess those names sort of make sense. But uh, I mean, you know, the, Ian Happ is a switch hitter. He can play outfield, second base, third. I mean, he he would be kind of the dream. He he would be kind of the dream candidate for me. He's kind of. I mean, I'm not going to call him Jose Ramirez light, but. You see what he's hitting? I haven't, I haven't checked lately. Hap, Hap is hitting, I was just looking at this. Hap is hitting 282, uh, two homers, 16 RBIs, 27 strikeouts, 21 walks. Uh, his OPS is 793. He's played, yeah, he's played center and left. but um, Solid defender. He, yeah, he's. Could give you some professional at-bats. Yeah. So, okay. And what, ben, what, ben what would it cost you? That, that'd be the question, too. I mean, what, would you, what are you willing to give up? The dude's only 27 years old. Only 27 years old. I'm and sure he, it would start with Aurelis Martinez. If you're willing to give him up for a switch hitter that who can play second, a little bit of outfield, who can hit maybe. And that's another question. Where's he hitting? Is he hitting second? Is he good enough? That's that for me is the perfect spot. Is the guy in the first inning who is going to sprinkle in between a couple of really good right-handed hitters. Who's not He's, overly aggressive? Who can hit with two strikes and use the entire field? If that's Ian Happ, yeah. The, be- the beauty thing about Ian Happ too, is our eligible in twenty twenty three. He's got four years service time. He's a free agent in twenty twenty. It's going to cost you. It's going to. It's going to cost. It's going to cost you. Andrew Benintendi was interesting. Shulman mentioned him. You, you've got to think that the you've, you've got to think that the Royals are 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 probably still in that kind of situation where you're collecting a little more for the future. The the thing is, and and I think people need to, it's not just, it's not just enough to send somebody up there, 
standing at the plate batting left-handed. It has to be somebody, as Barker said, that gives you something beyond handedness to balance out the lineup because I don't want somebody who's worse than Lourdes Gurriel Jr. playing, taking Lourdes Gurriel Jr. spot just because he's a switch hitter or just because he's left-handed. So you're saying, you're it, saying, it, it, it has to be somebody who's almost an everyday player. You're saying somebody that it doesn't take a cutter or a slider to get out. Correct. That's what you're saying. Correct. Somebody that when that when when I'm facing opposing team, I got to do something different. Yeah, the pitcher's out. not going. I got to do this. Got to do this. Got. It's oh, like Groundhog Jesus, Day. Every time a, a guy thing. walks to the plate, you're doing yeah. the same exact thing to every single guy. And that that's that was the the beauty of the lineup the Braves had in the postseason last year. Is, righty lefty, righty lefty, righty lefty. But but it was also guys with a bunch of different strengths, and that's especially. And this is why I think that it's especially important in a short series. To have guys that kind of force the manager every now and then, it might only be once or twice in the series, but force him to do something he'd rather not do. I look at the pitching side of it. How many pitchers in today's, in 2022, who can throw a located strike, arm side and glove side? Pitching. It's rare. Like a guy that can go, okay, I'm going to go away to a righty with my best heater. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go away to a lefty with my best heater, and I'm going to make that a quality pitch. How many people can do that? It's very rare, and that's why you're trying to add balance to your lineup to make him do that and help your team score more runs and, and just make them harder to pitch to. Ah, you're going to get this trivia question. Mm, I wouldn't bet on Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, you will. Is he- it me? No, it, it's not you, although it, the, the, the person does figure in Barker lore. Oh. You're going to call it that. I mean, if the book of Barker was ever written, and I'm hoping that, well, let's face it, it'll probably be Brunt because he writes everybody's book. But if the book of Barker was ever written, I would hope you'd at least give me the chance to write a first refusal on it. Mm. So this person would figure in the well, book of Barker. Well, your gifts that you give me for holidays better get a little better. Let's be honest. You know, why did you? I just assumed bourbon would be good for a dude from you assume from Virginia. I've had a I've had a child. I've grown up. Well, you still have bourbon. I had a child, and I've almost grown up. And and very hard to to have bourbon. It's not hard to have bourbon. I'm not. I I can't just sip a half a glass of bourbon. I'm. I'm a half a bottle guy, and that's very tough to do when you have half a bottle guy. Well, a bottle, the bourbon that I got you was, you know, I mean, it wasn't like, you know, Bob's lighter fluid. It was legit <laughs> bourbon. It wasn't Junior Johnson's moonshine or something like uh, that. So don't go slagging my gifts. I just, everybody likes, mm. everybody I know likes a nice bottle of bourbon, except well, you. Well, I'm different. So I, so you slag me. What, what do I get you every year? Oh, you get the. The whole family. See, I, that's what I – I not only think of you, oh, I, thought, I think of your entire family. So everybody's well, you like, know man, I really do like I'll that tell Barker you what, kid. He's, he's like well, a cool dude. Maybe Look how good this maybe is. Maybe it's about time that you started giving Chase a little bourbon at night before you. <laughs> maybe. Maybe. Never uh, hurt Never hurt me. A little drinking when I was eight years old. Never hurt maybe. me. Put me to bed right away. Slept like a baby. That's a guy. Uh, Anyhow. I'll ask Hazel um, if I can or not. No, the, the – uh, yeah. <laughs> no, the bark the Barker Christmas the Barker Christmas basket is like my daughter would come home from university early at Christmas to get the Barker Christmas basket. Yeah, I'm that kind of guy. Uh, you are. 
you are. Anyhow, uh, today's uh, daily trivia question. We're giving you the chance to win Blue Jays tickets all season long here in Blair and Barker, whether you listen to the radio or on our podcast or today if you're watching us at Sportsnet 360. All you have to do is text the correct answer to our daily baseball trivia question. Text it to 590-590. Yesterday we asked you, who was the first Reds pitcher to throw a perfect game? Tom Browning. A lot of people out there are going to go, Tom Seaver, Tom Seaver. No, Tom Browning. Uh, was the first Reds pitcher to throw a perfect game. Today's question is to win tickets to the Jays-Reds at the Rogers Center on Sunday, May 22nd. The question, who was the catcher for the 1976 world champion Reds? Again, who was the catcher can, for the 1976 world champion Reds? Yes, you can. Well, I, I was told by this person in spring training that I have a very long swing. You're the, he looked right at me as serious as he could get. But there's more. Never had a conversation. No, never. He, there's more never of a story. He never him. knew you. He, I, uh, I mean, he, no, well, he just walked by a cage and saw me taking like three swings. And he's sitting there having, and he was having cereal, as you said, right? <laughs> well, I mean, I, he was having cereal. He probably but, hadn't went to sleep yet. But yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's entirely possible. But anyhow, he was in the the, yeah. the <laughs> dining area eating. He was. Barker he looked walks up at by. Me like, and he looks up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I, I, I was the only one in. Yeah, and you're going to say hi and introduce yourself because it's the right thing it's to do. This person and yeah. I, I went over and I said hi, how you doing? My name's Kevin Barker, and not oh hey, nice to meet you. He looked right up at me with those yeah that he'd been out all night eyes yeah and said oh yeah I know you you're the kid with the long swing. <laughs> Anyhow, yeah, so, stay hot. Yeah, stay yeah. hot. Exactly. <laughs> Text the answer to five ninety five ninety for your shot to win. See rules at sportsnet.ca slash five ninety. We'll have more tickets to give away next week. Again, the question, the question, who is the catcher for the nineteen seventy six world champion Reds? Um I mean that's the easiest question that's ever been he was the guy said out loud. I had three posters on my wall, three athletes posters on my wall as a kid. I had this guy's poster. I had Ken Stabler's poster, the snake, mm-hmm. and I had Rod Carew's Griffey's poster. the only one I had when I was growing up. Those are the only, the only three posters. The only three posters I had. Anyhow. I tried to hit and like Griffey unlike, when I was a professional and yeah. did it like three times, and I had to buy three bats. Unlike, and it got too expensive. Unlike <laughs> That's when the I reason met, why I stopped doing it. Unlike when the first time I met Rod Carew and went up and introduced uh, myself and yeah. to do an interview with him, he looked at me, took my notebook, and signed his name on it. I said, like, "Wasn't there for an autograph?" <laughs> That's was, him. That's Rod Carew. That's him too. Uh, <laughs> this this person when I met him was an absolute gem, and. The trivia question it was at an person? old-timers game. It was an absolute gem. And, and talked, uh, talked to a couple of us for like half an hour. I'm, he sure, was, he's a, was I'm sure he's a good dude. He he just, was rem- it was so good. We got out to a rocky start. I got to be honest with you. Yeah, two, guys, <laughs> yeah, two guys you meet, you, know, you have your favorite players and you meet them. He was really good. And the first time I talked to Willie Mays was with your, your buddy, Marquise Grissom, mm-hmm. at, at an all-star game. And it was the same. And oh, I, just, I, I just happened to be talking to Grissom and – Willie Mays walked by, and, and Willie turned around and saw Grissom. And it was just it was spectacular. He could not have been. He's, he's Willie freaking Mays. Oh, I mean, it's one of those imagine. things, you I kind of started, I kind of started, like, I kind of started to move away because Willie was going to speak to Mark. Here he comes. Grip oh, says, no, no, no you all right, you all right. Just stand by. I don't care. Grip's the best. Yeah, Grip really is the best. best. Anyhow, so that's the uh, trivia question. That's some serious ragging the puck for half an hour. Let me tell you that. 
Morgan Riley got nothing in us. Never done that. Three years ago, oh, could we? God, three years ago, we would have taken two breaks and gone to take callers or something like that. Um, but see, now we're comfortable with each other. We can tell each other's each other's stories. That I don't like your gifts. Okay. And that John Get Gibbons introduced you to Hazel. Seriously, dude. Um. We want to talk about Jose Barrios before we get Mike Blowers on. Let's talk about Jose Barrios. He is going to start tonight uh, against Logan Gilbert. Is he? Is that the dude? That's uh, it. Starting for the Mariners, who's awfully good. Uh, He's got a good four seamer. You got to get ready to hit Barrios in the last his, his last outing. You talked about this a great deal about adjustments against against left handed uh, left handed batters, and left handed batters were hitting what coming into his last start. They were some ungodly number against him or something. For something. And uh, I got it right here in one of my 25 books. Here we go. Yes. Uh, left-handed batters were hitting 413 against him. And uh, against the Rays, it was, a, it was a game. I'm sorry. It was a game the Yankees won. But uh, he was uh, two for nine against left-handed left-handed hitters on that that particular day. Well, the, obvi- the obvious thing and, and the easiest thing to say would be make him a little uncomfortable, establish in. That would make your your – curveball that much better and you can spin it and get away with some bad ones because you've established in with his arm slot and his mechanics. I'm not real sure he can do that. And where he stands on the rubber, I'm not sure the lanes for that certain part of where he would have to, or want to throw that. So I want to say elevated with two strikes would be good against lefties, but you have to have something to get ahead with. Is it the sinker? Is it the two? It's more of a two seamer than it is a sinker. Two seamer has more side to side run sinker. Obviously has that, what would that be? Eleven to four break. So that would be your difference. He's more side to side. Not sure that's going to play with lefties. I just think the quality of that, the velocity on his fastball, and the arm side strikes have to be better against a left-handed hitter to make the changeup sink the mile per hour between the changeup and the two seamer and the four seamer they actually throw and the breaking ball that much better. That'll be something to watch. They got some good lefties in this lineup. You know, Crawford, he's going to give you in a bet. You can tell, even against a tough yeah. lefty last night, he's in there. Like, he get the head out. And when you got a guy who can get the head out, he may, that means he feel comfortable doing some things. I can't believe the – every time I look at that that dude, I can't believe the Phillies. And Dave Sims, the uh, the Mariners announcer, uh, was talking about this yesterday in the field as well. You look at Crawford and you go, why would you give up in that? Like, Sometimes I know he's but man, he's—you look at that guy. He should be a cornerstone of a good team. Uh, I just—I—it's I hard to say. It's hard to say that certain organizations or certain places no, that know, you, yeah. you have to—you have to wonder. Sometimes you got to give up something to get something. Yeah, and that was just one of the one of the guys they had to give up. I—I I just think Barrios is going to have to establish something with the fastball to lefties to make them a little uncomfortable. And I'm just not sure he can do it in to him. Maybe he can. Maybe he'll make some adjustments, find the release point. It's just quick, short arm, sometimes not repeatable. It's, his arm slot is more – it's not up top. It's, that's not Iron Mike thing where it's, you know, he's got a little that – where it's a little rotational with mm-hmm. his arm. He can repeat that. It's It's quick. It's short leg kick. It's quick leg kick, and then it's to the ear – and it doesn't always finish out front, which will mean a lot of his fastballs are non-competitive, which he falls behind when he falls behind because he doesn't throw a bazillion miles an hour. They can eliminate a certain location, a certain pitch. It makes it a little easier for lefties to square baseballs up. It'd be an interesting thing to see how he attacks lefties, but he's going to have to get them out. Like this, that's their bread and butter. Ty France is obviously a guy that, you know, he can he can 
Eliminate some righties if he establishes in to them. Mm-hmm. A little run in with the two-seamer is a good pitch, but they got to be strikes. If I'm a good right-handed hitter and they he can't get it in there for strikes, I just eliminate sort of like the Ryu factor mm-hmm. with the fastballs in to lefties and the cutters elevated. If you can't throw for strike, I've just eliminated that location. Now I'm going to dive out over the plate, and it's going to make him easier. It'll make it harder for him to flip the breaking ball. But Rios, for me, it's the mechanics part of it. And I do think the pitch calm has helped him. I think that's another pitch for him. I know it sounds a little odd. No, but the, you pay, can tell the, against the, the Yankees. is great. You can tell against the Yankees. They didn't like it. Yep. So that that he can use that to his advantage. But when a push comes to shove, it will be location. It's always been this way. They can analytically spin everything they want to spin to you. It's always and will always be for me. If you're a hitter, you got to hit the hater. You got to hit velocity. If you're a pitcher, you got to locate the hater. He does that against lefties early in the game. It'll open up everything else, and he'll he'll be good enough to give him a chance to win. Mike Blowers is Seattle Mariners TV analyst. We'll take a deeper dive into the Mariners. Second of three games tonight. Jose Barrios on the mound for the Jays. Logan Gilbert for the Mariners. It's Blair and Barker on Sportsnet 360, 590 The Fan, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. The smartest takes on the biggest stories in sports. The Fan Drive Time with Ben Ennis and Stephen Brunt. Be sure to subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, let's bring it home. <laughs> Getting off to rocky start there with you rolling these <laughs> things around this table like they don't mean anything to you. But the ball? Yeah, yeah the don't ball. do that. I know, it's a, especially yeah, yeah, because that's, that. that's an official Rob Manfred autograph base. How about that? Baseball. It's mushy, too, on the side. It I always wonder why, that, why I can push it. Nothing wrong this with This is last year's baseball. Oh, it so, is? You know, that well, is you know, last year. You know why? Yeah, that his name's changed. He writes it a different way. No, he doesn't. I'm pretty sure he does. No. Uh, absolutely. No. I have to look that up. I just might have made Where that up. Where did you pull that uh, up? The seams are different, too. Oh, that I believe. Seams are a little further apart. Than this. And they're kind of fuzzy. I did some. In, they're fuzzy. I don't know what fuzzy means. Fuzzy, fuzzy and mushy. Mean? Well, according to Alec Manoa, they're kind of. They're kind of they're... What's fuzzy? Well, I. Bigger? I Say know. bigger. No, kind of worn. Like, I, I don't know. I think he said, didn't he say fuzzy and mushy? He said fuzzy, but I have no idea what. I know what. Like I mean, that's that fuzzy balls, sense. but you know, anyhow, um, Jeff, yeah, the Mariners and Jays will play the second of three games tonight at the Rogers Center. Logan Gilbert on the mound for the Mariners. Jose Barrios for the Jays. The Jays coming off a six-two win last night. Matt Chapman, Bo Bichette with homers, uh, and uh, you say Kikuchi. Um, against his his former team. Well, I think he looked like a different guy. Why don't we Why don't we ask our next guest, uh, who certainly would have seen a lot of him? Mike Blowers is a Seattle Mariners TV analyst. He joins us on Blair and Barker. Mike, thanks so much for taking time out to talk to us today. Uh, so you you, you saw you say Kikuchi last year. You saw him last night. How different was the guy you saw last night compared to the guy that the Mariners essentially let go. You say that I saw last night um, as somebody that I saw in Seattle, I think that he's changed so many different things. And at times um, I think that he tries to figure out which direction to go in. And I think that the best of him 
is leaning on his fastball at the top of the zone, which last night he was 95 to 97 miles an hour, throw a hard slider, which he had a little more tilt to his slider um, last night, which was good to see for him, and then occasionally use a split. I think at times he had the hesitation in his delivery at times. He wants to use his cutter a lot, which I don't think is his best pitch, and he didn't throw his cutter at all last night. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that what you saw last night was the best version of him, and talking to some people with the Jays, it sounds like he's been trending in this direction. Those last couple of outings prior to last night were pretty good. Um, so I think you saw the best of him in last night's ball Mike, game. Mike, is there, was there a confidence issue when he was with Seattle? I, I know that's something that Pete, Pete Walker, the pitching coach for the Blue Jays, has been working on with the, the – you mentioned the fastball, the elevated fastball. Just like looks like he's throwing it with more conviction. And I wonder why he wasn't doing that last year because it's good. Like, throw it. It just seems like he, had a little, he has a little bit more confidence this year. I think maybe sometimes he just kind of overthinks the situation and doesn't realize how good his stuff actually is, especially when he's letting it rip like he did last night, to your point. Mm-hmm. Um, just, you know, if you're going to throw the fastball, throw it with conviction and get after it. I've seen that part of him when he was with Seattle. Um, and they really had something with him. And, and he, he can punch some tickets too, strike some guys out. Uh, but then he, all of a sudden it just kind of changes. And I think it's because he looks at a certain lineup and kind of overthinks it. And the next thing you know, he wants to involve the breaking ball a little bit more in his cutter and, and try to do too much, and it just causes them problems. He ends up throwing a lot of pitches and has a shorter outing that way. I think that from what I saw of him last night, and you guys had Robbie Ray, we have him now. Mm-hmm. Um, Robbie is really good about that fastball top of his own, the hard slider. He won a Cy Young Award doing that, and I think what we saw last night with you say is, is hopefully something that he will stick with. But, you know, I really enjoyed watching him. He's a good guy. I wish him nothing but the best. And if he stays where he was at last night, I think that you guys are going to have a pretty good pitcher on uh, your hands. The Jays are getting Logan, Logan Gilbert tonight. I, I looked up his numbers. I saw, you know, the league's not doing so well off his fastball. Can you tell me why his fastball's so good? Well, one, he's, he's tall, and he, he just he's pushes hard downhill. He is right on top of you, first of all. Secondly, um, it's elite because it's 97, mm-hmm. uh, and he's very aggressive pitching inside. I think that the other part about it, too, is because his slider. Um, he has a new slider this year. It's harder. He's going to be 88 to 89, touch 90 sometimes with it. Um, it's late breaking. It has some downward tilt. And I think as a hitter, you always have that in the back of your mind because that's what he's going to try to put you away with. And when you can rush it up there close to 100, um, he's, he's, he's tough to handle. Uh, he has a very good changeup also to the lefties, uh, which is also something that I think is key for him. And he's working on a curveball. Uh, that pitch isn't quite there for him yet, but he has three really good pitches to deal with. I caught a bit of the uh, the game against the Mets uh, this weekend on on Sunday, and uh, you know Julio uh, Julio Rodriguez. We I don't I think we saw it wasn't necessarily the best of him last night, but uh, man, he uh, tell me a little more about him because you know I, I saw him yesterday. Physically, he's a really impressive guy, and when he I mean, you, you just, you can kind of, you look at that body, you close your eyes and you think, man, two or three, maybe four years down the road, just what he's going to look like. But tell us a little bit about him because he is an intriguing looking player. Yeah, 6'4", 225 pounds and can really run. Um, really good throwing arm. The home run that he hit in New York, the exit below on it was 114. Yeah. And if you go back and you look at him, even you know when he hits the ball on the ground or he lined out to right last night, he, he hits the ball as hard as anybody. It's just a matter of being more consistent. He's a young player, just 21 years old. Um, but the sky's the limit for this guy. And I think the thing that is intriguing to me about him that I like the most is he has a lot of fun playing the game, even for the first couple of weeks when he was struggling out of the gates. And um, he, he never showed that. He, he just enjoys playing the game. 
you know, I'll tell you a quick story. There was a few years back, I think he was 18 or 19, and he was in spring training. And he would show up to the games on days that he wasn't playing and sit in the stands and just watch. Hmm. He just loves it. And you, and you can see it on his face. If you really watch him tonight, anytime he makes a play, um, when he's on deck, when he's talking to his teammates, he always has a terrific smile on his face, and he just loves it. And I think he's, he's going to be a lot to handle, especially when he gets into the second half of the season because he's, he's really starting to get comfortable right now. Mike, I know when, whenever I get paid, I like it. It makes me happy. It makes me want to go about my day a little nicer than when I'm not getting paid. And I watch J.P. Crawford. I know he got you know paid some money in the offseason. He's gotten off to a good start. He's hitting some more homers. I think what he hit nine last year. He's already hit four. Is that the only reason why he's gotten off to a good start? Or mechanically, offensively, has he, has he done some different things? I think when J.P. first came over from Philadelphia, he was a raw player. He worked really hard on his defense um, with Perry Hill. When he got here, he ended up winning a gold glove. And then I think the next step for him was, on, what was he going to be on the offensive side? We really didn't know other than he's a guy that makes contact. He puts the ball in play and can run. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, but then last year, he took a step forward. I thought he had a really good year. He had a strong year last year. He started spraying the ball around a little bit more. He definitely improved um, against left-handed pitching. Almost equal splits there, um, lefty-righty for him. And I think that just gave him a lot of confidence. And I think that going into the last winter, he had an idea of what he wanted to work on. Um, he's gotten bigger and stronger. But I think that he's just somebody that has committed himself to being the best player that he can be. And he's really taken a lot of strides. And at the start of this year, he was hitting eighth, ninth in the lineup. The team started struggling. He was off to a great start. So Scott moved him up to fifth. And now he hits third and has done a terrific job with all of that. And he's been the most consistent player, he and Ty France, in the lineup for him. And he's a real leader on this club. He's super competitive. He wants to win every night, and he'll tell you that. Uh, but he's, he's just been a lot of fun, and I think because of the improvements that he's made is the reason why he got the contract. But I think he'd be doing this either way just because he's really hungry and wants to be the best player he can be, and I think we're seeing that out of him right now. Mike, the Mariners are the second youngest group of position players in the majors. Their pitching staff is, I, I believe it's it's sixth, seventh, eighth youngest in the majors. It, it's up there. I know I think the average age is under 28 years of age. I like a lot of people, I don't know if I'd say I saw this team as a dark horse, but I certainly thought they were going to be in, in, in the playoff picture. Now, they still may be. I don't think anybody's necessarily out of it yet. But what's the reason for this, this kind of staggering start? Because I don't think any of us, I, I think a lot of us thought that the Mariners would get off to a good start. The question would be, would they be able to hang in there over the long haul? Yeah, I think that there are definitely expectations on this club after winning 90 ball games last year, and I think that they've improved their team, to be honest with you. I mean, they added uh, Robbie Ray, as I mentioned earlier, to the rotation. Logan Gilbert, going into his second year, you had to believe he was going to be much better, and he has been. Um, the bullpen, for me, bullpens are volatile from year to year, and the bullpen carried them last year. If they had a lead after six innings, they won that ball game, and they won a lot of one-run ball games because of their pen. It hasn't been quite as strong. Um, this year, but I think they're still trying to figure out how all of that works. Um, having Seawald back certainly helps him at the back end of the bullpen. He's been unbelievable. But the offense has just been inconsistent for them. They had too many guys get off the slow starts. And, you know, if you have Ty France and, and J.P. Crawford hitting second and third in your lineup, that's great, and they've been awesome. But you need some help up and down the lineup, and it's just been inconsistent. Winker now is starting to come around. He's been swinging the bat much better over the last 10 days. Uh, they need Suarez to be a little bit more consistent because of the pop that he has. Obviously, he had a seventh home run last night, but he's been a little bit inconsistent. But they just need some pieces to kind of get together. And they haven't had Mitch Hanniger. Mitch Hanniger mm -hmm. had 39 home runs last year, and he's basically been gone. 
Uh, they're, they're expecting to get Kyle Lewis back soon. So getting those two guys would be huge in the middle of the lineup, and hopefully that'll smooth things out and they can score runs more consistently because I like their pitching. Mike, tell, tell me if I'm wrong here, but from afar, it, I think Scott Service looks like he has patience. You just mentioned the young lineup. They're going to go through some aches and pains, some ups and downs. you got to have some patience if you're a manager. Is that the, his biggest asset? That's what he brings better than other managers with this team? He's the perfect fit. Am I wrong? I think that he is, and he has patience. There's no question. And, and you know, just the other day they had to send Kelnick out to triple they sent him back because he was struggling up here and scott had some conversations with him but he also you know he ran him out there every day even though that he was struggling at times he would maybe sit him against the lefty just to try to protect him a little bit but he he knows what the deal is and sometimes you have to go back to triple a two or three times before you figure it out uh, julio fortunately after a slow start but scott was patient with him it's paying off now um, i think with the young pitching you have to be that way also he has a real understanding but scott is He's super fiery, though. That guy is competitive, and he wants to win as bad as anybody, and I think that the club feeds off of all of those things that I just talked about with him. And I think he's super smart. He just has a real good idea about his team. I, we were talking to him about the last game in, in uh, New York against the Mets, and he did a few things late in that ball game that you know, you, a lot of people kind of shake their head. One, they have second and third. You're up by a run. You're in the bottom of the ninth on the road. He brings the infield up. Most managers wouldn't do that. Uh, but he wanted, to, he wanted to win the game in the ninth. Uh, he had to take Steckenrider Ryder out, who's been really good, but just didn't have it for him. Brings in Castillo, who had been struggling, but he needed a couple of strikeouts in that inning. He punches two guys out to get out of the game, and they win. And basically he said, I already used that the best part of my bullpen, and I had to win it right now because they still had Lugo and, and uh, Diaz out in theirs, and we just had to win this game after having a lead. I wasn't going to lose it. He takes chances, and, um, but he, he does it because he has a reason behind it. And you know, to, every explanation he had I thought was perfect on that. And I think that the team, if you'd have seen how excited those guys were to win that ball game, it was awesome. And a big part of that was Scott. What's your read on Robbie Ray so far with his new team? I think that Robbie, um, off to a little bit of a slow start, it seemed that, um, and I'm not sure why it is. I don't know if it's because of the 248 strikeouts last year, how much he pitched, uh, but, or the short in spring. Um, he, he looked like he was in great shape coming into camp. Uh, the ball was coming out of his hand, but the, the velocity just wasn't, what you guys had seen last year, he was more 92, 93. Um, the slider wasn't quite as hard. His last couple times out, we're seeing 95. In fact, when he, when he finished up against the Mets, he was 96, 97. So all those signs are encouraging. So I think he's close to uh, being back to where he was last year when he was just terrific for the Blue Jays. Mike, really good of you to join us today. Thanks so much. Thanks, Mike. You bet. Enjoy the rest of the series. Thanks, Absolutely. Guys. Yep. We'll see you down there tonight. That's Mike Blowers, Seattle Mariners TV analyst. Um, and again, it'll be Logan Gilbert against Jose Brios. It's going to be fun seeing Logan Abraham Gilbert. Toro. Abraham Toro is a, is an interesting guy too. I, I don't. I'm not sure they know what he is yet. Uh, I, no, I don't think I. They know they have something. Yeah. What is it? But it's yeah, it's not a bad thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know the. I wonder. I, it seems like we always look at a guy like that and we say, okay, he's, is he kind of the quote unquote next Ben Zobers? I, I I don't know about that, but the one thing. The one thing about about him is, um, you know, and and hearing some of the, the Seattle folks talk about him, you summed it up. I mean, he's he is he's a guy they love, but there's something there. Mm-hmm. You just don't you just don't know. I yet. wonder. I wonder what hmm. the big park in Seattle does for a switch hitter, young switch hitter, trying to find his way. Expectations are high. Coming to Seattle, made the playoffs in a while. 
They're asking you to do some things like flipping around both sides of the ball. Give us a professional at bat. Don't don't you know struggle on either yeah. side of it. And I want her going to bigger bigger park, being your home park. I've been in Seattle. Well, ball doesn't fly there a ton. You gotta you gotta have an idea what you're doing on both sides of the ball, especially if you're a switch hitter. I wonder if that comes into play. That's a mental part of it that adds a little different element to it. And I just wonder. Maybe I'm overthinking it there, but I just. You know, it seems like for me, right-handed, he overswings left-handed. He just doesn't look like he knows who he is left-handed yet. And he's going to get more bats left-handed than more right-handed. I was going to say that. So you better hurry up with your left-handed swing. And I just, I don't know, maybe it's the good pitching he's faced. Maybe it's he's got some holes. Um, Maybe he's uh, trying to be something he's not. Maybe he's not a leadoff hitter. Maybe he's a middle of the order bat. I, that's just what I said. I just don't know if the if these Mariners know what he is yet, and that would not bode well for a guy. Maybe he doesn't know what he is yet. Yeah, I. I mean, it's 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 hard to tell. You know, he came over in that deal with he and Joe Smith for uh, Graveman and um, and Montero. And I mean, what I'm looking, he played 60 games with Seattle last year. And he hit 252, five homers, 26 RBI, 22 steal. Uh, no, 22, 22 steals would be great in 60 games. 22 walks and three stolen bases in 60 games. You you look at him, and and as I said, you can you can see why people you can see why people would want him to become something. But you can't force feed the, the force. top of the order kind of thing if he's not that guy. Is he a bottom of the order guy? Is he a steal guy? Is he a line drive guy? Is he a ambush guy? Like there's a lot of who is he right-handed? Who is he left-handed? I like there's a lot that goes into a young guy. Again, these these players know where their organizations are at. Mm-hmm. He's, he's brought he, he was brought over to help them make the playoffs. Plain and simple. Like you you we you are a switch hitter who we think can do some things on both sides of the ball, play decent defense, run the bases well, can go first, third, first to home, which is a big day, a big deal in 2022. You got to be able to do that because stringing together hits <laughs> ain't the easiest thing to do. So it's is he an on-base guy? Is he a power guy? Is he a top-of-the-order guy? They're, they're sooner or later, they got to figure that out, I think. Uh, yeah, it's interesting hearing, and it, it's too bad Robbie Ray isn't here. And for those of you who don't know, Robbie Ray uh, did not accompany the team. He has not gone on the COVID IL. I mean, He doesn't have to. He doesn't have to. He's not going to miss a start. E- exactly. Um, let's just say that there was it was not accidental that he pitched that game Sunday in New York. I mean, that's the way it was set up ahead of time with mm-hmm. an eye towards uh with an eye towards his second riders also not with the team he is on i believe on the covid il which it would be interesting if somehow these teams ended up playing each other in the playoffs at some point you didn't have those two you didn't have those two guys here although things can change as we saw we saw with the yankees but yeah it, it look i think we all I think once Robbie Ray reached free agency and you started to talk to people, there were a variety of reasons that he wasn't going to come up here. But I, man, I, I really wonder, Kevin, um, he had whatever it is, whatever it was that he found up here with Pete and with everybody. I, I know guy, guy got a big contract and more power to him, but he, he, you know that he was going to be in a position this year where people were going to be basically people were expecting him to fail this year, 
people are expecting Robbie that's, Ray to fail. That's a bit this strong. I, I, I'm to, not. I'm not. To, I think, again, but, I think he's going to a bigger no, park. No, just to feed into Seattle. Feed into the feed into the narrative. The expectations there. When you punch out as many people as he punched out a year ago, there's expectations that you can dominate some good teams. We're paying you number one money. Yeah. Uh, plain and simple, and there's a lot that comes with that. That that for me, the slow start. I'm tired of saying that's short and spring training. Dude, these these dudes are professionals. Like, and and they and they're so prepared going into spring training that that's that's an easy excuse for somebody just to say that and 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 that's yeah, why they've dep- gotten off to a slow start. For me, it's expectations. He's expected to go out and dominate every single start, and there's a lot goes with that. Money changes people. Let's be honest, it does, and. There's a little bit of a of a transitional move for him, I think, from going to you know you come here, you make some changes. Hopefully, it works. If it doesn't, ah, we didn't, maybe we didn't expect it to work anyway. Now, oh, huh, so we paid you all that money. It better work. Let's get it going. And there's expectations there. Maybe you overthrow. Maybe you try too hard. If he can run any louder, maybe he's doing. Yeah, it. Uh, the intro. I mean, it's it's. I, I, I just, I, 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 yeah, I think that there are, I I mean, I'm I'm not, we're in, we're in the middle of May now. So the whole spring training thing should have, whatever, if there was anything, it should have been gone. Now I do think it was, I I think we'll find out at the end of the year when guys have had a chance to sit down and kind of look at what happened, we'll find out that it was a factor for some pitchers. I, 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 maybe rhythm and timing. I I get you. I understand. I, I understand your point, but. You know, these guys are like when you get all this technology given you, it also it also creates more patterns and more routines than a lot of people think. And because you become so programmed. And I and I just think at the end of the year we'll find out we'll find out that there were guys who, as I said, when they've had time to think about it, will go back and go, Yeah, I got out the slow start because it just just didn't feel right. Coming out of spring training, I don't know. Maybe it's going to be hitters more than than other guys. I, I I don't know. I've always thought though that with the hitters, I know you can't replicate game speed and game conditions and everything, but you can get in the cage and or you and with the technology you have now, you can work on certain pitches and things like that. Pitching to me, it's a little different. You've got to have the adrenaline you only get when you're facing a guy. On the on another team, that has to factor in. Your heartbeat has to be different. I, I anyhow, but yeah, it's May seventeenth. By this point, I'm not. By this point, I'm not giving anybody the benefit of the doubt anymore. I think is what you're saying. By this point, I'm not. That may have worked first two or three starts, but by now, now you're into your routine. Now, even even with a normal spring training, you'd be a month in. I mean, I think you just you can throw it out as an excuse. I'm not. I, I I tried not to at the beginning of the season. These guys are professionals. They take care of their bodies and know their bodies and can break down mechanics like they've never been able to break them down, and that's an excuse for me. I, I get it. Maybe the finesse guys, maybe the guys that's got 12 pitches like Ryu of the world who have to throw one to set up one, and everything mechanically has to be almost perfect, and the only way you get that is with reps and facing live pitching. But Robbie Ray is a grip-it-and-rip-it guy. He got two pitches. I set up big part of the plate. The ball moves all over the plate. You, you got late giddy up. You can't hit it. So that that for me is making a few more excuses. And on the offensive side, I think hitting breaking balls is tough, and the shift has really hurt big league hitters. That's my opinion. That's conversations that I've had. And 
think they need to make more adjustments quicker. That's it for Blair and Barker today. We will be back again tomorrow on 360 Sportsnet 590 The Fan. As always, you can subscribe wherever you get your favorite podcast. Please rate, review, and subscribe. We'll be on Blue Jays Talk tonight, immediately following the Blue Jays 6-1 win over the Seattle Mariners. I don't know. Anyhow, we'll be on after the game. That I do know. Thanks for joining us. Have a great rest of your day.